Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. If you are new here, thank you for turning up. I appreciate you. And if you come back again, as I always say, I absolutely love you. Uh, massive episode today. Thank you also to Zara Harrington for helping us get these guys on because what these guys are doing, uh, it's going to blow your mind away a little bit. They're three young guys uh, from the Mornington Peninsula and they're doing some absolutely incredible work in the mental health space. So today I'm joined by the boys from Speak and Share, uh, Ben Farish, Nathan Scagliarini, and also Mason DeWitt. Boys, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, mate. Big fan of the show, so it's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, first time in the uh, studio as well, might I add, to all yeah. the listeners. So. Beautiful space. Hey, it's unreal. Really yeah, this is great. Yeah, excited Excited to talk about what you guys have gone on to do um, and more broadly just get to know you guys a little bit more. But for those that don't know, uh, three boys I'm with today have created Speak and Share, which is a not-for-profit mental health organization, um, which I was kind of like it's incredibly cool, but I was also – I usually attest that to people that are a bit older – and maybe have gone through some things, but to see it in like three young guys is like very powerful, very admirable. So I want to kind of get to the crux of when it all began, maybe how you guys became friends in, at the start, if you are friends. We do question it, but now, so, uh, I've been going for two years now, so we're still a young organization, but uh, going back before that, we, the three of us were lucky to escape COVID lockdowns during the time we went up to the NT. Uh, and there was a couple of personal things that happened during that time. So um, Nath talks about the separation of his parents and then Ben and myself lost a close mate, Josh, to uh, suicide while we were up there. So coming back post that trip, um, we kind of came together and said, look, is there something more we can do for our community? We we're three studying school teachers at the time and we said we'd love to put something out there. So we made an Instagram uh, that at the start of it, it was making videos or skit videos that were always had a message behind them. And a lot of that being a problem shared is a problem halved and checking in with your mates. So I love that saying too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Problem shared is a problem halved. I think that's unbelievable. Who came up with that? That was, that's beautiful. I think that was something Ben used to say and I really got around yeah. it. So I was like, yeah. yeah. One of my mates, Geordie, used to always say it, still does, and yeah, it sort of just stuck from then. And we've used it. Kids love it. Works well. So we're pretty happy with it. So this Darwin trip, so it's actually quite recent really when you think about it because lockdown was only, what, two, three years ago. Yeah. So you guys have managed to make such significant growth and impact in like such a short space of time. Yeah. Probably three years ago we were in Darwin having the time of our lives and as May said, like a few things happened, but – um, we came back from that trip, like so inspired and, um, you know, we went through our own struggles and being school teachers at the time, we said to ourselves, um, you know, we could see our friends were struggling and our community was struggling. We said like, let's try and make a difference. We didn't really know what that difference looked like, but, um, we knew that we wanted to explore the mental health space and just bring awareness. And it started off all fun, um, and lighthearted. And then, um, the community really got behind it, started building and yeah, fast forward now we're a charity and we've got school programs and sporting club pro programs, um, out there and we've got a huge community who are willing to support us, which is, which has been incredible. So yeah. Yeah. That's pretty special. So when you guys were in Darwin, was that purely sort of just to get away from the chaos of what was happening in Victoria and have a bit of fun up there in the sun and then you kind of all go through some personal experiences 
and that kind of, did that jade the experience up in Darwin or did that bring you guys together even more? Uh, the, uh, the initial trip came about through, so playing football and then Ben was actually transferred his placement to happen up there. So oh, right. the initial trip came with a lot of excitement to head up and play for the mighty Tiwi Bombers up there. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, which was great. And then it was actually towards the back end of the trip when we received the news about Josh. So it did probably cut it short a couple of weeks. We did want to come home to friends and family. Um, but Nath probably speaks of yeah how it was at the start of the trip. Yeah, so we had to do like quarantine at that stage. So we were in isolation for 14 days together. And um, I got a call from mum on like the second day of our quarantine saying that parents were going to split up. And yeah, it was a really tough time. And um, as May said, we're up there to have a lot of fun. So I tried to like ignore those feelings for quite a long time. And, you know, we all wanted to have fun. And um, eventually I sort of had to come home and deal with those challenges. But yeah, it was definitely a tough time, but just sort of tried to hide as much of it as possible. Mm. Yeah, I bet. I've, I feel like, um, especially when you're younger, I don't know if this is normal in everyone, but I remember like when I was in primary school, I used to think like if your parents split up, you'd like failed. Mm. I used to have this like genuine opinion. I'm still like kind of think that way now. So I can see like, even if I was older, even though now I'm like, I guess now I'm older, I sort of understand that majority of relationships kind of have a chance, good chance of failing type thing. But at the same time, when you're in it, you kind of think everyone's in this perfect rosy world. Mm. So it's, it's pretty cool that you guys are, quite vulnerable to speak about it because I can imagine that like even now that would be hard for for anyone to see because you're sort of attached to both parents and yeah, absolutely. you sort of see it how, how it can change people and so forth um what was the this is an odd one but what was like quarantine in Darwin like actually pretty fun yeah I feel like I feel like I saw a few people do it and they were in like tin sheds and stuff yeah oh, pretty pretty flexible to be honest like we rocked off it looked like a prison to be honest um got allocated our rooms and then yeah, it was pretty flexible. Like we were going in each other's rooms, watching the footy on a Friday night, Saturday night. You could run together, um, work out together. We are playing chess most days, every night. Um, it was actually a lot more fun than I initially thought it would be. <laughs> so how long were you up there for? Uh, well, it was about four months. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Four months. Then the yeah. quarantine stint is two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then, so was the actual concept around speak and share, was that when you came back to Melbourne as a collective to like- Cause it's quite broad what, like what you're doing right now in regards to, I know it's across mental health, but you're touching a lot of sort of different industries and, um, so forth that are impacting from kids to adults and so forth. Like how, how, like, where did you start in to, to kind of get to this point? Cause I imagine you went, you didn't just go home run straight away. Mm. Yeah. It was probably when we got home from Darwin, probably a couple of months later after we landed back in Melbourne, um, we're obviously all struggling with our own issues. And then we come together and said, let's try and get into the mental health space. And then, since then, we've been very much guided by the community. Um, we've been lucky enough to be um, a few people that we've met along the way have sort of guided us into in regards to what we should focus on. And obviously being school teachers, the school program is the main focus. Um, and then we're into our sports. So we run a movement club as well over summer. Um, and then the workplace program, I think we just see through our Instagram community that a lot of people are struggling with mental health, especially after COVID. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, the school program is the main one. And then we do the workplace program and then the community events as well. So trying to tap into all those different networks. Yeah, how old are you guys actually? Uh, 24, turning 25 this year. So same. All same. Yeah, so uh, yeah, 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 I'm 28. 28. 30. I'm 30. I'm actually 30. No joke. Yeah. Yeah, but that's impressive though. Like, so you guys have been on this journey since you were like, what, 22? Pretty yeah, much started at twenty two. Yep. That's yeah, pretty. Sure. That's pretty awesome. Did Did you find through? Because I I'm obviously a bit more detached to primary schools or the education system now as such. But did you find there was like a gap there for helping kids comprehend, like you know, difficulties in their own life and and helping them sort of get through it? Or is that something we've got? 
um, I guess, facilitators for now to help them. Because I feel like back when I was in primary school, uh, I think you just go to the principal's office and try to have a yarn with him. He's probably got no idea what's going on. So, Yeah, I mean, there's probably like, there's so many awesome organisations like doing similar work. But we said, um, like being three young males, we sort of thought about our experiences when we went through school and we felt like it was sort of missed um, for for us. And, you know, we said, let's create a program that's really normalises the conversation, um, is a bit of fun, like we have plenty of games and activities in there and we just want us to start facilitating the conversation. So our program is quite simple, um, we believe, but it's like very effective. So um, just providing that opportunity for people to start speaking and sharing is what mm. we wanted to create. The one thing you guys talk about, and I've, I've been mentioned on this podcast a few times, but it's like to challenge a stigma around the conversation of like mental health. What, what do you, can maybe go around to, to each of you and start with uh, you first, Ben, but like what do you guys mean by that, challenging the stigma? Well, I think typically with males, it's a topic that's not really spoken about stereotypically. We're all a part of footy clubs and probably back 20 or even 10 years ago, mental health just what purely wasn't talked about in footy clubs and, and sporting clubs. Um, and it's just realising that it's okay to sort of talk about these topics and realising that the guy next to me is probably going through something similar and getting mm. those conversations started. And once you do... Um, provide an environment where people do feel comfortable, They'll often buy into the session. And once one person does, the next bloke next to him probably will as well. So it's just providing that space where people can open up and have these tougher conversations. Mm. Yeah. And I guess with the term like mental health, we want to try and normalize that mental health doesn't mean you have to have like mental illness. Um, mental health can, you can have great mental health or you can have, be struggling with your mental health, but it's just a topic that we can start talking about for sure. Yeah, and there's a misconception with that because I find that people put mental health in a bucket of someone doing bad. Yeah. And sure. I think I said it recently and I'm not going to quote her again, but uh, Jackie Louder, of course, she like, what what she sort of explained to me, and this really opened my brain up to why I've been quite passionate about this space is because like a lot of people train their physical health, but not their mental health. And your brain's probably more powerful than anything because it controls your body. Yeah. So it's like, it should be being conditioned and trained when you're feeling good. Yeah, That's sure. what I think mental health is. Not waiting till you get bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we're, we're huge on that. Like, we speak about it in our programs. One of the questions is, how's your mental health been in the past 12 months? And, you know, a lot of kids, their mental health is going great. So we want to really applaud that and celebrate it. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, there's a lot of work to still be done in that space with terminology. Absolutely. I think like how to, to speak about your mental health as well. So we provide like a safe space in our programs to, and we provide, I guess, the topic to, to start those discussions. But a lot of the feedback is that they've never actually sat down and, and had a conversation like this where we are talking about our mental health and mm. it doesn't have to be this big scary thing where we're sitting down and talking about our mental health that can quite easily come about over an experience that has caused a certain event or family members, friends, the way they're behaving. So, yeah, it's the, the, the space that you do it in and the way that you can check in with people is I think what's yeah people are really aligning with. It really does... Um and this may be for, for Ben and Mason, but it really does impact you because my best mate in high school um, took his own life in, I think, 2017. Because um, I left school when I was 15, but he was my best mate from year seven to year nine. And then we kept in contact, but because I was playing with soccer and traveling everywhere, it was like one of those relationships where wherever I saw him or whenever I saw him, like nothing changed. But he was like the, the larrikin in a sense. So... It wasn't until that happened and I was a bit disconnected the last year before um, he'd passed away because, as I said, I was interstate. But he um, like he was going through some like mental illness challenges and so forth. But it wasn't until I was like, oh, wow, like no one knew really the extent of how severe it was. Like at least maybe towards the end people had an idea. But through like 
a large part of where he said he wasn't like healthy. So that really like challenged me. And that's why I think I can understand you guys a little bit where you're kind of really, it kind of shocks your system in a sense when you realize someone close to you is capable of it and you have kind of not much clue that of what's going on. 100%. Well, Josh sounds like he's a pretty similar individual to, to your mate. Um, like he'd always be like the, the, I don't know what the word is, but like he'd walk into the room and everyone would be listening to him. He'd be telling all the gags, like really great guy. Um, great at sport, good looking fella as well. And we thought he had no issues. I like had no idea. And then 10 months before we flew up to Darwin, um, he had an episode on the Frankston train line where he tried to take his life. And I was lucky enough to intervene him and stop him from doing so. And that was probably his cry for help. Mm. Um, and then the day before we left for Darwin, gave him a big card promising him that I'd be back to see him. And unfortunately that day was never to come. Um, and then we got the call about two weeks before we had to come home, letting us know that Josh had taken his life and yeah, hit me like a ton of bricks and, and still affects me and ever. yeah, all our mates to, and all his mates to, to this day and wake up, you think about it all the time, obviously running an organization called Speak and Share, Josh felt like he couldn't speak and share. Yeah. That's um, so, it's honestly, man, everything, like, I don't know if you guys have thought too much business around it, but like, it is beautiful. Like, cause it just, you don't even really need to know what you guys do, but you can just hear it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's in the name. So, effective name, yeah. yeah, it's effective, right? Yeah. Which is Just really trying cool. to normalize like this topic as much as possible. Yeah, which is why I'm like, I'm so going to be so open about it too today because I think it's important for people because now we're getting a lot of listeners. Mm. Like, they're like, well, three young guys can talk about it, or four young guys, sorry, can talk about it. Like, why can't we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's. We're, we're- we said that from the start, like we're no different to anyone else. We're just like three young guys who are willing to be vulnerable and, you know, put themselves out there <coughs> hopefully for other people to be influenced to yeah. start their conversations. I still like, and it's not to go too deep on it because I know it is quite a deep topic and, and not everyone um, may feel comfortable listening to it, but I still remember my mate calling me everything he said to me on the phone because I remember a bit like he called me and I was like laughing like, and he's like, oh, you haven't, haven't heard, have you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, I just found out and he told me like what happened and he jumped off a bridge and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh my God. And then I went home, told my parents. I remember my parents like looking at me like, and then we all went to a pub to meet up as like a friendship group. And it was just like, I I couldn't believe my day had gone from there to like there. And it's literally from just like what you guys are trying to build. Um, It's so important. Like I watched this, um, have you guys seen the documentary on the Golden Gate Bridge? No. It's insane. Because that's very similar to maybe sort of, what happens in Melbourne with it's quite common where people yeah. use it as a vehicle to sort of end, yeah. end their life as such. Um, but what I found really interesting, and this is why I think what you guys do is so powerful. I think there's been like 1800 people since 1937 to like 2012 or whatever that jumped. Now I think they've tried to put things in place where they can't, uh, for example, but within that time frame, I'm sure there's more, but I was doing research on it just to make sure 29 people jumped and survived. And all 29 have said when they jumped, they regretted their decision. Oh, wow. How yeah, crazy yeah. is that? That's why what you guys do is so important because yeah. there is an out. Yep. Like when they got an out, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate, like you hear of it, that it's a split second decision that they make. And obviously like it comes on the back of, of something as well. So that's been a pretty incredible stat. I know, man. It's well, yeah, because like some people either like slipped and caught themselves or some people jumped and there was like ripples in the water. There's yeah, a famous wow. story of a guy with a sea lion. He was like, his body was kind of shot, but like a sea lion held him up yeah. and waited for like swam with him for, there's like a documentary on this specific guy. It's unbelievable. It's really hard. Well, you think of like Josh's funeral, you know, like there was probably 1,200 there, 1,100 people. Um, and if there was 1,100 people where Josh was trying to take his life, there's no way he would have done it. Mm. Like that's the thing people get 
really negative thoughts and, and they feel like they can't sort of get out of it. So we're just trying to get these conversations started mm. and, and realise that it is okay to struggle, whether it's a bad week, a bad month or a bad year, like you'll get through it if you talk about it. Do you find that you, when you go into sort of these school or sporting programs, it's much easier to open up the door to this conversation now than maybe it was sort of five, 10 years ago? Because it's obviously seems to be more commonly spoken about now, maybe still not to the place we want it to be with people going through struggles, but at the same time, people seem to be a little bit more open to it than I feel than maybe when we were kids, for example. Yeah, I definitely, like, it's, it's hard to know because we weren't around five, ten years ago and doing this program, but mm. from what we have seen in our programs, I think the, the young kids coming through, like, they are amazing in some of the responses that they share and the way that they can articulate themselves and talk about their mental health. And for what we have seen, sometimes it's the adults that might, at a sporting club, might be a part of the session and afterwards they'll come up to us and say, oh, this is the first time I've done something like this. So of course that's going to be pretty full on for them and hard for them to uh, articulate, I guess, their emotions and their feelings. So I think, yeah, from what we see, school-aged kids are going through this journey now of understanding themselves and those around them and how they can support each other. Yeah, you're spot on. So you guys work in schools, you've got sporting programs and also workplaces. Yep. So maybe I'll go from workplaces first because – like it's maybe a bit more relevant to my age bracket and potentially some of my listeners, but um, like what are sort of the strategies you guys are implementing there to like what, how do you, how does your organization impact a workplace as such, if that makes sense? Yeah. So we're big on starting the conversation. So providing them in an environment. So um, I guess our main activity is encouraging participants to sit down in groups of three and they work through a list of questions. Um, so those questions are, there's an icebreaker question on there just to get people comfortable. And then it w- works through like, how's your mental health been in the past 12 months? Uh, what are some challenges you're facing at the moment? And then things like, what are you most proud of? So a range of different questions. Um, and then really it's just people can choose how much they um, care to share. So we say like vulnerability is optional, not forced. So it's completely up to you on what you want to share. But it's really just providing these people an opportunity to sit down and start practicing speaking. So yeah, you might see someone really unload a lot of their emotions, mm. um, but someone might, you know, really struggle, but they might take the first step to um, get some stuff off their chest, which can be just as as powerful. So yeah, definitely. Is it is it like are you, so you're going in there to like help the individuals versus like help sort of a holistic um, culture across a workplace and making it more open as a workplace culture to be like, Hey guys, I'm not feeling good today. Like I can't work. Yeah. Or are you guys going in there to like help individuals with their own life outside of the workplace? Is it? Well, definitely a combination of both, I would say. Okay. Uh, they both would definitely affect each other, but a, a big part of it we say is like a session like this where you feel comfortable and you can open up to your staff and your employees going to go a long way to creating a positive and inclusive work culture to be a part of. Right. So. Have you guys had like good feedback around that? Like workplace? It's like, yeah, yeah the feedback's been good. selling here for those out there, but like yeah. actually yeah, like yeah, be yeah. curious to know like sort of the ripple, ripple effect that that's had on. It's just a different conversation. Like when you work nine to five, like you often don't get a time to sit aside and, and sit with you, for instance, Jake, and talk about, hey, you've actually been going, like yeah. what are you most proud of? Um, and the people that we have presented to, they bloody loved it. Um, they often take the menus that we give them and they take them home to the families and, and continue those conversations. So it's pretty special. Yeah. Do you find when people get, um, like I found when I had like my first ever conversation I had with a therapist, like just unloaded my life on it. Cause it was like, well, this is the first conversation I've ever had. I had to, I had to go home and have a sleep. Yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah. Do you find like people, like even if they're not speaking it, just like consuming a lot of this information is actually quite taxing because it's so powerful in a sense. Like it's so like deep that, and we obviously as humans are quite good at suppressing a lot of 
you know, the darkness as such. So when it's sort of coming out and you're around it, it's actually quite consuming, quite fixating a bit. Yeah, like certainly in in one way, but I feel like a lot of the conversations, people um, are very happy to listen and support those people. And a lot of people are just happy to, to start their conversation and get a little bit off their chest. So if you think about, you know, you go to work every day and how many times you say like, hey, you're going to your mate, and then he will say, good, but we're coming in and hopefully starting the conversation. So I might walk in and say, hey, Benny, like, how are you going? And now Ben can actually tell me how he's truly going. So that's what we're really big on building this culture around that. Right. And then sporting programs, is this like junior level, youth level? Like do you guys have ambitions to work with professionals or are you guys already doing that? Like that's be. Yeah. So for the uh, sporting club program, it's 14 years old and older. Um, So junior clubs and then senior clubs as well. Um, Has a really great impact with senior clubs, particularly blokes like over 30, as we said before, don't usually talk about what they're going through. Um, And some of the sporting clubs that we've been to, the results have been yeah, incredible to be honest. Like we've saved a couple of lives that we've known about really? in two years, which has been insane. Um, the first program that Nathan and I went to, um, yeah, some of the feedback that we got from from that was, yeah, incredible. Um, someone, yeah, that was seriously struggling, considered taking their life, didn't, and it was due to our session they opened up and, and got professional help. So to receive feedback like that is bloody awesome and it definitely keeps you motivated to keep going. Have you guys had like, and I'm not saying you can share every every, every story and with, with every detail, but I presume – the work you guys are doing, you get some insights on some pretty crazy shit in regards to where people are at and then the shift of where they're now at after engaging with you guys. Yeah, that's definitely, and that is one of the questions, like what experience have you grown from the most? And so we hear some incredible stories and whether that be some unfortunate stories that have happened to people and some of the things they've had to go through, at the same time it can be a, a positive as well. When we, we talk about our mental health, we don't have to talk about all the bad things that we've been through. Mm. We want to celebrate each other's success and achievements Correct. as well. So, yeah, we definitely hear some incredible stories and the things that people have, have been through. What about like um, for, for people that are doing well and they, they're still maybe not on the topic of mental health, like how do you sort of coach them to – to sort of get better in a sense, if, they, if they're sort of like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm doing okay, but I maybe want to utilize this to, to maximize or uh, maximize myself or make sure I don't go down a path where I'm not doing so well. Like what are sort of some of the preventative actions that you guys would sort of share around that? I think uh, every situation is unique. So there's no one size fits all for each individual, but uh, the, the first one that we always like to encourage is to, to be open with your mates and to those around you. So whether that's your sister or your brother or your cousin or, or friends from school, sporting clubs, uh, be open with these people that you feel like you can turn to. But there is also a lot of amazing services out there, whether that be psychologists or um, online support systems as well, that we definitely, you can contact these places and it can be for advice. So you don't have to say what you're going through. You might just ask for advice on how you might tackle your situation or somebody else's situation around you. So, yeah. So. Yeah, I think just continue, continuing to speak about, you know, how you're feeling. Um, you know, your mental health is not always going to be perfect. There's always going to be dips and highs and lows. And um, we're really big on just starting those conversations and consistency is the key, yeah? So if there's habit, um, maintaining those habits that really get you in a positive mindset is something that we keep trying to promote. Right. And what about like fitness? Because I feel like you guys, you guys are quite fit. Are you guys competitive with each other? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I can feel tension in the room yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, we had a, had a little bit of a board meeting yesterday with Daryl. Shout out to Daryl who's on our board. And 
I think we're talking about the movement club or something <coughs> and who should take the reins on that. And yeah. What's the, what's the movement club? Is that like a run club or like? Yeah, like a run club. Like you can run, walk or move. You just want to get right. There, so so yeah. you guys all doing that at the same time? Is like one of you leads it or like different people? Yeah. we So last year we ran it down our way in Mornington and um, we just had about 80 people coming down each Saturday and we just did 5Ks and then that sort of led into our annual fun run. Oh. So. We'll be doing that again this year. So is this the hat I'm wearing? Is this a run hat? Yeah, yeah, you're one of our yeah, they've decked me out, guys. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, I just have to get my lungs open first. <laughs> I actually, I actually do love running. It's one of my one of my things that I because I, I don't like the gym because I don't, I just don't. I feel like you can cheat there and like get distracted and go on your phone and have conversation. Whereas like a run, it's like it's you, it's you in your head. Yeah. Like I could run 12k's without running if my mind, you know, is on. Speaking, like, of, speaking of running, what was that story you were sharing? Yeah, we had a board meeting yesterday oh, and we're yeah. talking about who should um, take the reins on the running club. And <laughs> oh. I said I'm a better runner than Nay, so I think I should uh, take oh, the reins. And he wasn't bro, too happy with that. You can what see. Planet? There is like no planet. <laughs> is, there any, is there any data behind him yeah, beating you? Yeah, you're the straw roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really? To answer your previous question, we are competitive. Yeah, so. Hey, Legends. Just a quick break in this episode to thank our partners, Dabble, the gambling agency, where you dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Please only bet what you can and are willing to lose. Now, Dabble is one of the great platforms out there. I absolutely love using it. Very similar to Instagram where you can follow some of the head honchos in the different sports, copy their bets and get some good wins on the board. Now, Fortunately for me, I've been working with Double for over a year. This year, we are doing a stream every Tuesday night. It's called Jake's Take. It's from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. where you can go in the Double app. You can join me. We get guests on every week. We bet on the dogs. We have an absolute ball, and they're talking about sport and cutting up the shop around what's going around town across all codes. So come on down, check it out, Double socially, gamble responsibly, and let's get back into the episode. Did you guys go to like same high school or Nathan and I did, and then we know Mace through footy. Okay, but yeah, because yeah, you you'd be a good footy. Like, what are you six foot three? <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's yeah, okay. yeah, well, yeah. Can tell three, one when yeah. I see one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an outside player. This <laughs> oh, yes, I like you a lot. This podcast, <laughs> this podcast is done. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no worry, I am too, mate. That's why I played soccer. <laughs> yeah, he's tell. actually really tough inside. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, oh, that would have hurt then. Staring. So, what are you like, rock rover? Like in and under? Do you guys still play? I'm retired. Yeah, I'm done. These uh, boys are pretty handy. Oh, yeah, I'm retired but, too. Oh, that's good, man. Do you, do you find like that? Retired boys over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Retired club. That's all right, bro. Um, do you find like you still get a lot out of playing footy? Like the enjoyment, like the, I think the probably, and I think you could speak on this too, Ben, is like the thing I miss the most is like the change room. Mm. Like that, I don't think you can replace that like in any other walk of life. Mate, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I still get a heap of enjoyment out of playing footy and throughout the year, whether it's game day and trainings. I like to say like that 10 minutes before training where, you're asking how each other's day was, checking in with each other. Yeah. It's a few gags that are shared. So that's a, it's a pretty good time. Especially like grabbing a coffee, like doing recovery on the Sunday and then yeah. going out for coffee. Like one of the best parts of my week for sure. Even like, the, even the feeling of like playing with them and like winning, like yeah. winning something, like going back. Yeah. My mates, he just gone back to play um, local footy and he's, he's come back half of the season. I'm like, why are you doing it? It's like, well, they're, they're going to make finals. So the sales <laughs> pitch was like, go win a flag with your mates. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that had him. And I'm like, oh yeah, we can't do that anymore. Yeah, we could. It's just so good, like feeling a part of like a community and an environment where, yeah, like-minded people, and you're all there having fun. And um, we're very lucky to be part of two awesome clubs. So yeah, yeah, Benny's still around the club all the time. He's a bit of the jokester. So it's just the social aspect of community sport is is unreal. Um, Definitely don't miss the recoveries on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys dedicated. I I respect it though. 
I do kind of retract my comment because I feel bad. So, um, but no, we speak to athletes all the time on this topic, like um, about the pressures that they go through. And obviously we speak to professional athletes um, a lot more so than I guess some of the local, local sort of league athletes. But is that a space you guys find interesting? Like the top level? Because those environments I think could do so much with your stuff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we've both come from, um, trying to make the highest level possible in footy. We played mm. VFL for a number of years. So um, we really enjoy that like sense of professionalism. Mm. Um, and we've been lucky to get to a few VFL clubs this year and we definitely wanted to get into AFL and netball and basketball clubs. Um, can we just see such a great opportunity to like change those environments and really start these athletes um, talking and starting the conversation, which is definitely a huge space where it needs to happen for sure. Yeah. Do you think, um, and I know we're all on the outside of it as such, but do you think, the professional sporting environment is a place that's sort of a safe space to speak or do you just from the outside, your sort of instinct around it? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one to answer. Like very dependent on the club and how people feel within the club as well. Yeah. We have a lot of great mates that play at the, at the highest level and um, they speak quite highly of their clubs and the supporting staff that, that are there. So we definitely think that especially AFL clubs these days or high level netball, um, whatever club it might be, they do some amazing work in the wellbeing space and, and the mental health of their their players and their employees. Yeah, because I noticed on AFL, and I, I've said this recently, but like AFL, some of the sports sites sit on the bench now. Mm-hmm. So like if people have like a high volume of turnover in like five minutes, they come off and they're like, eyes are sort of like a deer in headlights. Yeah. They, they go and have a chat, just like level them out. Even at VFL, like we used to have the psychs come in and you do like imagination. So like you'll sit in the room with him and you close your eyes and he'll like talk you through a scenario or you think of a scenario in your mind that you might be kicking a goal or taking an intercept mark, something that will bring you joy out on the football field and you just imagine it in your mind and then he like talks your way through like strategies that you can like imagine that that is happening and then you go out and train and then it happens and there's that joy piece around it. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Did you hear that before kicking five on Saturday? <laughs> 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 he told you, I told you you can play. <laughs> no, no. Kick five. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a centre half forward? No, I play in the midfield. Oh, you play in the midfield? Yeah. Man, I would have no chance, man. <laughs> six foot, how tall are you? Uh, six three, I am. Six yeah. three. I'm like five ten. Where would I play? <laughs> Back pocket. No, that's, uh, I'll pay you later for that, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool, man. Because uh, I think I generally, and I mean that, I think um, – Sporting environments could definitely use it because I think I think there are clubs that are getting better at it um, in regards to like investing in the sort of mindset space as such, I would say. But there's still, because there's so much pressure and like from being a good human outside the ground to like being a high level performer on the field, um, I just feel like it's very challenging to manage both and do it at such a, a high level and also then deal with scrutiny. If you like, because in their environment, it's a bit different to us. If we make a mistake, mm-hmm. we're not on the back page of a paper, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're not in front of 80,000 people. So I always kind of feel like they could be doing more because I think that's the, one of the most challenging things for athletes is they got, kind of get a bit lost with how they should be handling those situations because it's not really a strong level of guidance and also in sporting environments. Like if you don't, if you make mistakes, people tell you, like they don't say like change it. The most will tell you like that's shit or they'll just drop you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. it's quite cutthroat. I think they're always looking to evolve and grow as well, sporting clubs. So yeah. if you're not bringing in new initiatives and new ideas, then you're probably not growing as a club as well. So Probably one of my biggest fears for athletes is like, you know, you might play a bad game, but it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Mm. So if like we look more recent times, like Nick Dacos had like a quieter game than usual and there's all this media about him, you know, 
being a bad player when he's an actual superstar. So yeah. it's pretty brutal industry and yeah. um, it's something I, yeah, I fear for those athletes for sure. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. That's why I, I think you guys could do so much in that space. Um, I just want to go through, I guess, some of the experiences and I know I touched on it before, but I actually kind of hoping you guys can share some, but like more so from a highlight point of view of like, this is kind of why we do it. Cause um, there's a saying with like rich people who accumulate a lot of wealth uh, the best part about having so much money is giving it away. And I feel like because they get so much out of seeing other people happy, which is very similar to the trend of what you guys do. So do you guys have any like sort of moments that it sort of justifies why you're doing what you're doing and gives you everything that you sort of believe in? Yeah. Well, I mean, a more recent time is we just had a, our first pop-up down in Mornington um, and we had a 750 people come down on that day and it was raining and just to meet these people in person was just, it put everything into perspective. Like you do an online drop and you sell X amount of hoodies and it's awesome. It's a great thrill. But, you know, when you can actually meet these people and say thank you for supporting the message in person and is, is a way different story. And I guess we had this kid, um, he traveled six hours on public transport from Lake's entrance by himself to get to the pop-up. And then he waited in line for two hours Whoa. and then he traveled back on public transport. And just to be able to say like, Thank you so much for like, you know, helping us and spreading our message is truly incredible. Like to see those faces and those smiles is a way different story. How old, how old was that kid? Oh, like 18. No, like, was he? Yeah, yeah, it would have been 14. 15. Like a, what, a 12 hour, 12 hour round trip or yeah. just yeah. to like. Insane. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a Whoa. Real, real wow moment for sure. Yeah, that's, that's wow for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'd probably have to say more recent on Sunday. Um, we did a hoodie drop at our local footy club, Manalizer Footy Club. Um, for the Allen family, they lost, unfortunately, their daughter, um, Bella, to cancer. Uh, I think she, had, she was diagnosed when she was two until she was nine, passed away at nine years old. And um, it really rocked their family, obviously. And we were lucky enough to do a hoodie drop dedica dedicated to Bella on the weekend. Um, her favourite animal was a butterfly. So we had a hoodie with a butterfly on the back. Oh, and to give back to their family was really special. The whole junior club, which I think is the biggest junior club in the country, got behind it. Um, a sea of yellow through the footy club was really special. That's the other aspect, I, and it's obviously not always necessarily tied to an individual. Or I know we met, we talked about suicide before, but like it, it can also be you can have a lot of challenge from people you love, like going through tough times, and the ripple effect that that can have on you. Um, so I imagine that's also a, a space that's really relevant for you guys. It's not always you know you could be going really well, but someone around you might not be, and that can actually hurt you as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think like mine's not so much a specific moment, but. I just love hearing how mates are so happy to support each other now, whether that be they've gone through a speak and share session or they're just quite happy to wear the merchandise and on the back of that, that it comes a, a conversation. We hear a lot of different messages about people saying, thanks so much, I did your session, I feel so much more comfortable to open up with those around me or um, I feel like I need to be there for my mates now. So hearing those messages and that's probably our why, why we do it and the amazing support that, yeah, they provide us, but we happily provide back to them. Can I go like a bit a bit behind the scenes here, just like the combination of like you Q3 and how you guys work of like how you formulated some of the ideas of um, what you deliver to like these sports plays? Because that stuff interests me too. It's not just the front end. It's like, what are you guys doing in the back end? Because you guys are kind of, I'm not going to say you're learning off the cuff because you guys have been doing it no, we are. for two years. But at the same time, at the same time, you kind of are, right? From when you started. You weren't experts, but every experience you have, you're growing in knowledge and intelligence. Yeah, yeah. So where did you guys start to come up with some of these cool ideas that you have to impact the groups you work with? In terms of the program, like development, it's just off past experiences and like what we've seen has worked at schools. 
Um, remember like when we were at school, you'd have the 50 year old come down and, and sort of tell you how you should live your life. And he played three games for Brisbane or whatever it was. But during our programs, like, <laughs> like just you a washed up, washed up resi. Um, <laughs> washed up resi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the Brisbane Bears, whatever they were. Maybe. But, Go on. Um, <laughs> but our program, like we share our stories, you get the kids going and then they're up and moving. Um, so it's probably just what we've seen worked with, well with kids and, and what didn't work. And we just formed it off the back of that. Um, and in terms of like the back end of the business, for the first probably 12 months, we we're all going to the same meetings, working on top of each other. Um, and now they've got a board, they've sort of delegated us different roles. So we're definitely spread out and sort of got our own things that we need to work through. How did the board process come about? Because that's pretty exciting. That kind of solidifies that you guys are onto something and also people want to help you of, of like a, probably a quite a handy skill set to have around you as well. Yeah. Well, being a charity, you have to have a board there to direct the business as well. But um, we were introduced to um, Beck, Ricky and Daryl, um, in the very early stages of starting Speak and Share. And they're very, um, yeah, they're professionals in their fields. So they've been doing this for quite some time. And really they're just three people who really wanted to support us and believed in our message. Um, they could see how dedicated and passionate we were. And they really just said to each other, like, if we can help guide these fellas um, in the direction that they want to go, then, yeah, they, they really wanted to do that. And, um, you know, we, we, wouldn't, we would not be sitting here without their support. Like really? They're yeah. just, the, the amount of hours they've put into Speak and Share and um, all voluntary-based is just absolutely incredible. And, yeah, we owe it to all to them, really. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that Speak and Share is so much bigger than just the three of us. There's yeah. so many people in the background, whether it be our three board members or even for our fun run, we had something like 80 volunteers come down and, and help us out on the day. So uh, we do draw on a lot of people, but... As Nate said, there's so many people out there that are just happy to help because it's all yeah, going back into our community and helping everybody out. So it's pretty special. What what would be some of the conversations, if you don't mind sharing, of like what you would have with your board of directors? Of, is it based around like, hey, we've got like this idea for an event, like we want your expertise around it, or is it like literally across every little detail of the business they're having sort of advisory around what you guys are thinking and what you guys want to do. Yeah, it's pretty structured to be honest. Like you go through the finances, go through ideas, merchandise, like you cover pretty much everything we're doing. Yeah. Um, then in terms of events, if we have an idea, we'll, we'll post it to them, see what they think. Um, if you want to spend X amount on a laptop, like we'll ask them what do they think in terms of like what are we getting back on that. Um, so yeah, they're pretty full on, but yeah, we've learned so much from those meetings. It definitely helped us stay on track for sure. The meeting yesterday as well was who's quicker across a half, half marathon between yeah, these two. It's not all serious. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan thinks he's got you all. It's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we can open it up. I mean, I like, I like competition. Yeah, so God. competition's healthy, but. How long have we got? <laughs> who's, the, who's the sponsor? Uh, dabble. Yeah, put your bets on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get on Dabble. <laughs> Open up a market. Yeah. Um, I think as Benny said, though, like we cover a range of different areas. So those Beck, Ricky and Daryl probably all cover individual areas themselves. So yeah. Daryl is amazing on the business side and helping us out with that and what a charity looks like and the regulations around that. Um, and then Rick and Beck both have so many contacts that they open up for us and, and support us with all our community events and programs and yeah, well, three of them are across a range of different areas. Yeah. Have you guys? Oh, sorry, go. I was just say there's just like having three awesome mentors. Yeah, who can support you. Yeah, yeah, it must be so important. Like, I don't think we. I think I sort of, even me to a little extent, I kind of haven't valued mentorship enough. But a lot of people that have it and have it right, uh, I swear by it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's pretty cool when you find the right ones. 
Absolutely. I can imagine. You can, we're always just learning. Like you said before, you guys are learning on the spot. Like mm. we really are. We have no business experience. We're three teachers. We're, you know, very young and naive. So any person we meet, we always walk away learning one thing from them. So that's, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Have you guys figured out now how to work with each other and maybe your own skill sets? Like yeah, as such, we've, like we've been doing some PDs. Um, we did like a disc analysis with this, um, this guy who really opened our eyes to how each other work and, um, what sort of ticks one another. So it's definitely something we needed to do. As Ben said, we worked on top of each other, on top of each other for a long time where we were, you know, probably wasting a bit of our time. But um this this disc analysis really highlighted, you know, what Ben's strengths are and my strengths and Mace's. So um we feel like we're moving forward in the right direction. I'm big on your fashion. The guys you I've told I told you guys to come in with swag today with some serious heat. Um <laughs> And obviously the speak and share gear, like the the sort of branding around, it's incredible. But the designs that you guys have on your clothing and stuff, is that something that, that is that flying off the shelf? Like are people loving that? Because when I saw it, even Braden, our producer, said that was like one of the first things he said around you guys. Like they make some dope, dope clothing. Yeah. I mean, it's just been a catalyst for people to spread our message. So, you know, wearing a hoodie is like wearing a billboard and walking around the town, starting a few conversations. So we're big on our merchandise. We want as many people wearing it. Um, and spreading the message. So we try to make it look good. Um, you know, you don't want to wear anything that doesn't <laughs> yeah, look good. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So where did like, are you guys working with uh, designers? Are you guys collaborating with people? Like what's the sort of, yeah, yeah, you guys are coming up with a variety of, of cool clothing? Yeah, I guess there is a variety of them. So we do have like graphic designers and other organizations and companies that help us out. But I never say it himself, but Nath is quite uh, talented in that that area as well. Yeah, he's got swagger. And, got swagger. Uh, oh yeah, gosh. the things that he produces. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just rolled out of bed. I, don't, I reckon it looks. I don't know if we can get. I don't know if we can get it all on the camera, but I mean, I was I was pretty impressed. <laughs> it's pretty impressed, yeah, because we get we get some people that come in and they're like, like they dress up. You guys have kind of like this. Is like you can just tell this is how you normally dress. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely try. Didn't yeah. try to dress to impress. <laughs> no, 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 I do appreciate you guys bringing in the cap as well. So where where can people go and get your merch? And obviously, um, like just because I know you guys give a lot of the proceeds, like straight away to, to sort of, ver- is, is there like a specific place you guys give all the proceeds of the clothing? Well, being a charity ourselves, it helps us spread our message further. Yeah. Um, but for instance, when we do a hoodie drop and we might collaborate with someone, we'll ask them what's a charity that they would like to support as well. Right. So we feel like, you know, paying it forward approach, being a charity, we can help other charities as well. Um, so that's just one of the approaches we've taken. But yeah, charity selling merchandise helps us spread our message. It helps fund our programs. Um, and we're just trying to build on that. So what sort of, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and where you can get it, we advertise everything through social media. So whether that be on Instagram, Facebook, and then we sell it all through our website. Yeah, you guys have got a big yeah. following on IG. Like, are you guys doing stuff on TikTok and YouTube, or is it mainly IG sort of the front end of your social media, I guess? Yeah, Insta is the main community that we're trying to build. Yeah. Um, TikTok's yeah. a bit of a game. Can't work that one Yeah, out TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, I don't know. I mean, it's fun. I love TikTok's the Wild Wild West. I love it. But I don't know for you guys. I mean, I'm sure you guys could do heaps of cool stuff on it. It's it's what TikTok is cool for, though, is like off one post, you can maybe get like 50,000 followers, 100,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. Like I mean, TikTok has that algorithm at the moment where you can get hyper growth. Yeah. We, we started a TikTok and we just uploaded like one of our old videos and we didn't, we didn't look at the app for like three days and we came back and the video had like 700,000 views. And then like 
I was like, well, shit, we can like really grow from here. And I just put like heaps of work in and the views just went straight down. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Unless you try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's so true. Just the algorithms. Like it's so hard to pick what your niche is. I think yeah. once you find your niche, you can master it, but we're still yet to master it. Yeah. So Trady yes. videos are our niche, but we're not tradies at all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah, love them. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are great, man. I love, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not big on acting or like putting myself out there or dancing. And I feel like that flies as well. There's this guy I'm obsessed with. He shaves his head and he's called Crazy Man and he speaks with his tongue. Have you seen that? Oh my God. I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he's funny. He's huge. Uh, speaking of weird, um, I did get I did get some nuggets from from Benny before he came on. There's a few there's a few weird few weird few weird engagements that you guys have had over the years. And I'd love to uh open those up. Yep. A couple of weird meetings or things like that, which as a startup or a not-for-profit, I can imagine you run into some interesting We've had a few bizarre. We're trying to think on the car on the way up what the top three were. Well, what do you reckon number one is? We we just never say no to a meeting. So whoever it is, like oh, I like that. We're real yes men. So um, do you find this that there's something beneficial in that though? Yeah, like, be, I think I think it's important to be a bit of like I've found being a bit of a yes man now. Things change, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work out. There's still one thing that I grab away from it. 100%, 100%. Definitely develops you, I reckon. Like, if, even if you get nothing out of the meeting, you still learn, like, oh, I should ask that question or shouldn't ask that. Yeah. Definitely helps you. There is. There's something to it, man. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe you guys can because you guys have done it maybe a little bit more than me, but I'm finding significant benefits to even just my mindset. Yeah. Like I mean, fear. Or, confidence going to each meeting. And, mm. um, have you got one for strangers? Yeah, weird, weird engagements. Uh, one that Nathan and I had. Outside we, of this podcast. <laughs> we were um, – <laughs> Pitching to a potential sponsor on why they should get behind us. And we had the meeting in a little side office um, with two guys. One guy was about six foot five. And the, I'm taught this, like, this office is like a shoebox, like tiny. It'd be like two meters by probably three meters. Yeah. Friday afternoon, like during summer, pre-season, I think Nath had a session on Saturday, whatever it may be. Um, they're feeding us beers, like trying to get somewhere with the, with the conversation. And then one of the dudes is like gone beside the door and like put his arm up on the door. So we like we couldn't get out, and like we we're trying to end the conversation, <laughs> and we we're both like looking at each other. I had like six or seven beers, like we had a few, um, and just like couldn't leave. That's probably like top three for me. Like it was just bizarre. Like we we're trying to get, we got nothing out of the meeting, trying to get something um, with it and out of it, but we just could not leave. It was. When you end up getting half cut, like what I, I had genuinely had two beers, and I was wasted. I was looking at these guys. Like, <laughs> like, Why did you not eat or something? He's just I like just don't drink that much. Oh you right, okay, right. fair enough. So two's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Another strange one was all three of us met with an elderly gentleman, a great, great fella, um, and supports we can share. But we walked into the room and it was like a lounge room that was designed where every chair was like different. It was like a couch, but like every other chair was like different. And we all sort of walk in and like the boys take a seat and we were with Ricky as well and he takes a seat and I was like, there's no chairs left. And then <laughs> looked over in the corner and there was no. – this big massage chair, like a big recliner, like where you full have to sink into it. And he goes, oh, you sit there. And I was like, right. I like started like trying to sit up in it like first and then came out of a joke and he like fully strapped me into it and turned it on. The whole meeting. So, <laughs> <you> <laughs> it, was an, it was an important meeting. Like it was pretty. Biggest yeah. meeting of our like life. Yeah. And you're sitting in a massage chair and this thing's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you had it going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're pitching this idea. Like, that is not. Why you should get behind us. Like, give, us, give us X amount. We'll get to all these schools. And Mason's sitting in the corner. Like, <laughs> no, going bananas. Did not, that did not happen. That yeah. is no, unbelievable. 
terrible. <laughs> he, luckily, this guy got up and went to the kitchen to grab something and we could let out a bit of laughter. Oh, but oh, You could oh see Mace's stomach just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How did you get through that? Did you, did you just not speak? Because well, your man, voice I didn't say a word. <laughs> you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, like. well, if I tried to speak, it was like, yeah, that you didn't really like just speaking to it. So, oh. yeah. Oh, funny. my God. Wait, so what? But, but I don't still try. I need to understand this. Well, the so body. the guy the guy that you were meeting with, he's yeah. just going, he didn't have any more seats. So he's so put like, you in this massage chair. So it's like a weird lounge room. Like you had yeah. a chair and then like a little couch. But why did he put it on? Was he just trying to be polite, not realizing that's going to impact the meeting? Because Mace Mace <laughs> played footy the day before and he said, oh, like you're playing footy. He's like, here's a bit of recovery for you. So he put him in the chair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> meeting commences. <laughs> Meeting's gone for about 45 as well. Yes. <laughs> you would have actually hurt after it. That, that's too much. I was going to say, man, I felt out felt feeling elite. I walked out oh, feeling right. so good. I was going to say. But he's, he was a Hawthorne supporter and I was playing for Box Hill at the time. So right. Like, put him in the massage chair, turn it on, get him feeling good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so did it, how did that did that meeting go where you wanted it to in the end or like was that? Meeting yeah. went great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. On all facets, humour, humour and business. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that's up there. I've yeah. never heard something like that, friend. That is, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I just want to go to where you guys are looking at going now um, as an organization, because you've obviously hit a lot of target markets. You're doing really well, but I guess where do you guys see yourself in the future? What are some of the things that you guys are wanting to attain? Yeah. Well, our big picture is we want to become one of the most impactful mental health organizations um, in the world. So our, our dream is to change the culture of mental health. How that looks is delivering our program all across Australia. Um, and spreading our message as far as we can. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think we just want people to continue to come along the journey with us. We're always pretty big that speaking, as I said before, speaking share is bigger than the three of us and we want it to continue to be that way going forward. People are quite happy to wear the message, quite happy to spread what we're about, being a problem share, it's problem half and checking with your mates. So continuing to grow that however it looks. Yeah, we've definitely got a few ideas that we want to get going. I want to get a school bus and do like a bit of a school tour um, across the country, get the program going, make like a little documentary on mental health in the country. Um, children's books, got our own podcast that we're going to get going as well. So, um, yeah, there's going to be heaps happening. That would be cool. I could see you guys documenting stuff. It would be really cool. Like yeah, that'd be- half marathon in there, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the bus. Oh, that's <laughs> golden. Bus license. <laughs> bus license. Oh, I mean, yeah, it'd be, it'd be humorous. That could be a character. <laughs> Never done that before. Actually, I don't know. I don't know, but driving a bus feels like harder than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. So I see them go around and around about it. I'm like, that doesn't look like that's how you should do it. Like he's going to just drive straight through it yeah. half the time. Um, part of the fun. Yeah, pardon the pun. Just for, for anyone out there that's looking at this and is blown away as much as I am by you guys and what you guys do, like where can they get in contact to maybe get some of your services or support to, to engage with them? Yeah, our programs is mainly through the website. So we have a contacts form, fill out that form, and then it'll be one of the three of us that will reach back out and, um, yeah, support that discussion and how it looks. And then the, the biggest one is our social media as well. So pretty much everything we do, we like to put out on social media and uh, that being Instagram, whether it be a video or a post or um, some of the things that are coming up. Cool. Um, what about for, for just some of our listeners? I know we've spoken a lot about this topic over the past few weeks and I appreciate you guys um, staying involved because I know a lot of you guys are interested in it, but just interested to get some of your expertise from what you guys have sort of uh, been been through and also um, what you guys are giving back and some of the strategies, I guess, that people can take away from you guys to maybe implement in their own lives to get themselves some healthier thought processes, healthier actions. 
Yeah, probably my biggest learning is um, learning to be vulnerable. So um, when I went through my hard time, I was lucky enough to have two friends beside me um, who were asking me how I was going. And uh, for a long time, it took me to build up the courage to then tell them how I actually was feeling. Mm. Um, And when I did that, you know, my life changed. Like I was able to get back on track with doing the things that I'd always loved doing. And I was able to get a lot of things off my chest. So yeah, a problem shared is a problem half, but it takes you to share that problem to have it. So do you think it's just like when, when we mentioned vulnerability, it's kind of as hard as it is to sort of initially have some of those discussions. It's literally just pushing yourself to have them. Yes. Is that is that what it takes in your eyes, do you think, just to get there and then everything gets a little bit easier each time? Yeah, for sure. Like starting that conversation or getting that first thing off your chest is is terrifying, mm. but it definitely gets a lot easier. Um, and as we said, like finding an environment where you feel comfortable doing so. So I remember we just went for a walk one day and um, the boys didn't really have to ask me anything. They just had to listen to what I had to say. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was a catalyst for me, um, improving my mental health. That's a pretty cool, like, it's actually a good, um, point of view that you've just shared there, Nathan, but also for like the friends as well that, you know, cause that's quite a, it's, it's a bit of a pressure role for some people and not everyone's prepared to deal with someone who might maybe going through a tough time, but you want to help them, but you don't really know how, but sometimes you're right. It's just not doing anything. It's just listening. Yeah. It's yeah, like, being a sounding board's huge. Like if I open up to Nathan and say that I'm struggling, he doesn't have to have the answers, but if he can be there for me, it means the world to the person that's struggling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Conversations are so important, connection and so forth. What you guys are doing is um, you know, nothing short of amazing and I hope that it keeps going. We do have a bit of a, a common theme question we ask on the podcast just to round it out, which is three traits we attest to people successful in business, sport, life, whatever it may be. And I think all are pretty important together, but one that resonates with you out of resilience, drive or ambition across your journey, which one would you sort of say has been a catalyst for, for why you're here now, I guess? I'd probably say drive. Drive. Yeah. Um, like we've worked our asses off for like two and a half years. Um, and if you wax, you don't get anywhere, I don't reckon. Like yeah. you put in the hard work and you'll eventually um, reap the rewards. Um, for the first six months, we probably felt like we were going nowhere. Um, and it took probably 12, 12 and a half months to shit, like we're actually getting somewhere. So I'd definitely say drive. Um, you get it, You get out where you put in. Love that. What are you going to say? Yeah, man, I'm torn. It's a good one. I like them all, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's, they are all important. Sometimes it's, it can just be relevant to now. I mean, mine's changed from soccer to now. It's very different, in my yeah. view, but I just kind of like it. It's yeah. a good question. Just on that, actually, why you guys think is um, why I think that's interesting and what I also – it's quite hard to sort of say this to people, but 100% hard work helps. Like when you're work, working hard at something, whether it's fitness or anything, it helps your mind. If, when you've got a purpose or you're going after something, like you tend to feel more sort of like you're releasing a lot more testosterone, you're releasing a lot more serotonin, you're, you're feeling better. Um, and sometimes you have to kind of get up and like punch life in the face because it can swallow you up. So the more like I, I really like that, just working as hard as you can. It's something you're passionate about is always going to help your mind space or your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what Ben said, but um, the other one, other one is ambition. Like, we've always been very ambitious with what we wanted to achieve and um, how we wanted to create change. And, you know, how that looked early days was, is very different to now. We have a lot bigger picture of where we want to take speak and share and who we can help and who we want to influence. Um, and that's always at the forefront of our mind. So we just want to yeah, be ambitious to help other people. Love that. 
Yeah, I love both those answers. I'll, I'll go with the third one, resilience. Yeah, I'll round it out. Yeah, we'll round it out <laughs> Just yeah. balances the room, mate. <laughs> he does, it's doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that- uh, You make me feel relaxed talking <laughs> to you. I'm not going to lie. It's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, with resilience, like, I feel like this can be a tough world or tough society at times to try and navigate through, but you got to show resilience and you got to get back up and keep fighting and, and going for what you, what you really uh, believe in because- at the same time, like it can be a beautiful world and, and you have beautiful friendships and beautiful partnerships in that as well. So you have to be resilient. Keep on going on. I love that. I, I love you, boys. It's been a pleasure, um, Ben, Mason, Nathan, for, for what you guys have done. You guys should, should be so proud, honestly. And I feel like um, for anyone out there that wants to get around these boys, you can follow them on Instagram. Is it speak and share the Instagram? Yeah, speak double underscore share. Speak double underscore share. And then obviously their services, everything that can be found through the website, can't it? Mm-hmm. So the merch as well, as you can see, might not might look good on my uh, head, but it is a beautiful one hat. size fits all. One looks. size fits all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is great gear, and honestly, everyone out there, as the boys said, a problem shared is a, is a problem half. Is that right? That's problem, correct. Problem yeah. shared is a problem half. So yeah. get around your mates, tell them you love them, um, open up the conversation a bit more, and you'll find life will get a bit better. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Thanks Keith. Thanks, Thanks, <laughs> 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 that was good. <laughs>